First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Episode 697 of First Class Fatherhood. I am happy as always to be here with you guys. I got an awesome guest for you today. Eddie McClintock joins me on the podcast. Eddie is very well known as starring as a Secret Service agent on the sci-fi series Warehouse 13. You've also seen him in shows like Supergirl and movies such as The Sweetest Thing. But his latest project is his directorial debut in the film Miracle at Manchester, which is streaming right now on Pure Flix. You guys heard me talk about this one last week. This film, Miracle at Manchester, has got every single thing uh, that I believe is really missing from our society right now. A father, faith, family, the whole bit. It's based on the true events about a teenager who's battling brain cancer. It's the story of a father's love for his son and his faith that is shaken but not broken. I really think every dad ought to see this movie. Watch it with your son or daughter if you can. It will certainly give you a greater perspective and an overall just gratefulness for what you have in your life and just how quickly life can change on the dime. Life can challenge to take so many things away from you, but faith can pull you through. Eddie McClintock plays the role of the real-life dad, Richard Newman. It also stars my man, Dean Kane. It's streaming right now on Pure Flix. Do yourself a favor. Make it a family night. Sit down with your family. Watch this film, Miracle at Manchester. I'm honored to have Eddie McClintock on the podcast with me today to talk about it all. Eddie will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Eddie McClintock was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch today's conversation, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And as I said, Miracle at Manchester is based on the real-life story of Richard Newman and his son, Bryson Newman. And I will have the father-son joining me right here on the podcast. That episode should be up on Wednesday, so make sure you bring it right back here. If you have a chance, watch the film between now and then. And also coming soon on the podcast here, Dean Kane, who is really in so many ways responsible for all the success of this podcast, will be back as we get closer and closer to celebrating our 700th episode of First Class Fatherhood. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming details. All right, and speaking of father-son moments, father-daughter moments, there's nothing greater than taking your kids out to the ballpark for the first time or for the fifth time or for the hundredth time. Major League Baseball is underway. No matter what your team, what your city is, buy your tickets at SeatGeek.com and save $20 from First Class Fatherhood by plugging in the promo code FIRSTCLASS at the checkout. Go to SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app. Buy your It doesn't have to be baseball. Buy tickets for anything you want. Right now, baseball is hot, but you can, hockey playoffs are coming up. No matter what sporting event or even theater, concert, whatever it may be, buy your tickets on SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app. Plug in the promo code FIRSTCLASS at the checkout. You can save $20 on your tickets. All right, if you guys have an opportunity, please let me spread the word about this podcast. Anybody in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. You guys know it. Father's Day is every day right here on the podcast. And here comes my interview straight up with Eddie McClintock on First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Eddie McClintock. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, good morning, Alec. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's an honor to have you here. Let's start like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they? I got two two kids, two boys, uh, 16 and 17. 
Wow. So you're right there. Yeah. My oldest is 16. He's about to be 17 in a couple of weeks. And then I have a 15 year old that'll be 16. So I'm going to be right where you are. And then we have two little ones. We got a 12 and a, and an eight. That's um, my little girl is uh, bringing up the rear there. But uh, so I'm going through those two teenage years with you. And uh, I'm, I'm learning good on luck. the fly, I guess, like most of us. Yeah. So <laughs> good, good luck, man. God bless you there. If, if you could, Eddie, please take a second to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Uh, yes, sir, Alec. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. I grew up in uh, Canton, Ohio, uh, playing football, wrestling, uh, baseball. Uh, never really thought much about acting, although I always loved uh, I always loved film and television. And and uh, I moved to California in, after I graduated from Wright State in 1991. Uh, uh, Wright State down in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, I moved out to California to sell corporate insurance for my uncle. Uh, and uh, he fired me after six months. Uh, I was uh, I was pretty wild. I, you know, I had wrestled in college. And if you know anything about wrestlers, you know, they, they're either very dedicated or very wild or very both. So, um, you know, not throwing shade on wrestlers. I just happen to be one of the wilder ones. Um, uh, decided to, uh, turn my life around. I got sober. I'll be 23 years clean and sober January 1st. Um, it getting sober was kind of what led me to my acting and kind of the reverse. I, I knew that if I was going to try and be an actor, um, I had to change my life or otherwise I was going to have to, you know, go back to Ohio and maybe like, you know, be the funniest guy working the night shift at seven 11. Um, and um, I, I studied real hard. Uh, I've had a career in acting for 25 years. Uh, I've had five or six network series. I've done pilot after pilot. I've probably done 45 guest spots on, you know, 50 shows. Um, and uh, I was asked to, to direct this, uh, this film, Miracle at Manchester. And it, it kind of lined up perfectly spiritually for me i i uh my my father got sick and uh he he out of nowhere started saying that he was praying for me and um and then unfortunately he passed away before he ever got to see me direct the film but you know a lot of everybody around me was saying you know your dad's still there your dad's still with you your dad's still um you know supporting you and my dad was my my dad was my uh my my biggest supporter and my my hero he he basically raised me by himself um you know he taught me to look a man in the eye when i shake his hand and uh you know treat women with respect and and uh he taught me a, about compassion and and uh empathy and honesty and and uh like I said, he's my hero. So when when I was asked to direct this film about a man and his son and and the, that man's love for his son and commitment to his son, uh, it just um, it it just felt like the the universe and uh, maybe you know if if I may say so, God was uh, looking after me. Yeah, very well said, Eddie. And, and Miracle at Manchester is a movie that really. It really speaks to what we're missing so much of in this country right now, and that is family and that is God. I mean, we're missing those two vital things in our country right now. We need to have as many uh, movies such as this one to, to lift that up in this country. So I was so glad to see 
this movie. I thought it was very well done. I really enjoyed the movie. The story was incredible. And I can only imagine, as you said, losing your father while filming a, a movie about a father and a son. I, I can't imagine what that must be like going going through it. And congratulations on the sobriety. I'm a recovering alcoholic, addict, gambling maniac myself. Attaboy. Uh, so I, I know a, a, a little bit about it as well. But as I said, you know, the two things, Eddie, in my opinion, in this country, we have re- removed the father from the home and we've removed the heavenly father from our society. And I think if we can get the dads back in the home and God back into our lives, I think most of the problems we're seeing in our country would go away pretty quickly. What's your take? You know, I, I have to, I have to agree with that. Um, you know, um, you know, if people, people are afraid to talk about their faith. Um, they're afraid to, you know, you know, pray publicly and, uh, you know, cause they're, you know, look like a guy like Tim Tebow. He was punished for praying on the field. Um, you know, coaches are being fired for, for saying prayers before the game. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what happened there and I don't know why it's happened, but I absolutely agree. I mean, you know, this movie, um, in particular, you know, it doesn't beat you over the head with dogma. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, tell people that if they don't believe what, you know, others believe that they're, you know, going to burn in hell or anything like that. It just simply says, this is the way we do it. This is what we believe. And, um, and if, if you, uh, if you choose to um, believe or disbelieve, it's up to you. And, and, uh, you know, perhaps someone who's on the fence about it could uh, watch this film and maybe go, I mean, much like I have, you know, I, I, uh, it's, it's uh, the last few years, especially with my dad passing away has, um, has really opened me up to the idea of a, a more spiritual path and, and component in my life. And, and we just want to say, Hey, there's nothing wrong with it. There's no reason to be punished for it. And there's no reason to punish someone else for having a difference of opinion. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, I think everybody, like you said, people are just afraid to embrace their faith, I think in public or whatever it is, but when things happen in your life, all this other stuff goes out the window. Like I lost both of my parents before I became a father in my early twenties. Uh, my best friend committed suicide. And it's like when these things happen in your life, your faith becomes all right to the forefront of everything. You start to really question everything going on in your life and all the noise gets drowned out of Twitter and Instagram and social media and the news and all this stuff. All of it becomes just foggy and you're just zeroed in on what your own life and your, and your own purpose and your own mortality is all about. And I think that happens for everybody. And it, it is like they say, no atheist in a foxhole in a sense. When, when this when this happened with this uh, father and son here, in, in, as it did in the movie, all that other stuff goes away and your focus is on on just praying. I think every parent can connect with it. It reminds me of like the movie um, John Q with Denzel Washington. It's like the first time I saw that movie, I wasn't a father yet. So I thought it was a good movie and a nice story, but I had revisited that film again once I was a dad and had a couple of kids and it hit me completely different because you yeah. can get yourself right into that and you, and, you, and, it's, and you try to avoid putting yourself as a father, as a parent into those situations. What was it like for you meeting the real life uh, father and son here and working through the story and what was their opinion or did they have take, uh, you know, help with how to do the film or give you some input? <clears throat> yeah, um before I before I answer that I just want to hit on something that you just said. A great example is that of that is that uh that football player here that uh what for the Bills? Lamar uh, Hamlin, yeah. 
And, and I mean, you know, immediately you saw all the teams and all the, you know, get to the middle of the field and say a prayer for this guy and pray for this guy. And, you know, it kind of, uh, it was, it was an interesting shift because, um, you know, everybody was like, ah, you know, look what happened to Tim Tebow and all that. And then all of a sudden, boom. Um, and it was an interest and, you know, you even had, uh, you know, guys on like ESPN saying prayers for this, uh, for this kid. So, you know, and, and look what happened to him, you know, he's going to make a full recovery. So, you know, maybe there's something to that. I don't know. I'm just saying, um, yeah, as far as the film is concerned, I, uh, Rick Newman, the father, uh, the real Rick Newman, he picked me up every morning for work. Um, and so we spent a, a lot of time together. Uh, so I got to pick his brain and and find out who he was. Uh, Bryce Newman, the, the young man is now in college getting ready to graduate. And uh, he was on the set every day. And he's even, you know, we stuck him in the film a little bit, but you know, it's always it's always good to have the the actual source there, so you can kind of mine information and see what these people are all about. And uh, and this is a man who uh, is fully committed to his son, and and uh, he he you know is a is a guy who has his own faith, and he lives his life that way. And and uh, you know, it's just a it was great to be able to tell this story because you know at the end of the day you know, you walk away from this film feeling hopeful, knowing that, you know, there is still community out there, people that uh, care for one another. And, uh, and, and again, it doesn't beat you over the head with dogma and, you know, tell you, you're going to burn in hell if you don't, you know, believe what we believe. Yeah. Well, again, like I said, I think the movie is very well done. It tells the story beautifully. I love how it connects everything together as far as the, the, the gentleman with the car who does the work for veterans and how they tie everything in. I think it was really, really well done and very, very inspirational. And I wanted to ask you just because, you know, obviously while filming this, you lose your dad, you have two boys of your own and you're as an actor, I would imagine, you know, I don't know if it's method acting or whatever, but you guys get yourselves really into the role here. So I don't know how you kind of separate. And one other thing I noticed is that you, you, you do pick up a drink in the film uh at one point uh so I'm, I'm wondering that how does that happen with you how does that affect you being a, a sober person being a father and putting yourself so intensely into a role like this yeah i mean being being a dad uh my sons came to the premiere um and they've seen the film a couple times and you know i i just want the message to be you know my father was my hero. He looked after me. He taught me things. And, you know, there were times when I was younger that, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't believe what he had to say. I didn't want to hear what he had to say. I thought he was, I was smarter than him. I think, you know, every kid kind of goes through that, you know, especially as a teenager. So this was, you know, again, just uh, a reminder that, you know, maybe in a few years, um, like what happened to me, uh, you know, they'll, they'll look back or they'll hear my voice or something that I said to them as, as young men and go, you know, my dad was really looking out for me and I may not have, you know, agreed with him at the time, but perhaps he was, he was right about a few things. So, um, you know, you just, I'm just trying to pass that on, pass on what my, my dad instilled in me and, and, and so that they can pass the same thing on to their kids. 
Well, like I said, it, it is what's missing right now. So uh, God bless you for making the film and for doing it so well. And how about getting back to you as a dad here? How about as far as discipline goes, Eddie? What type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe up. I would have to say that's been my biggest, uh, uh, as a father, my biggest shortcoming. I'm not a very good discipline, uh, disciplinarian. I want to be, uh, you know, and uh, I just, I, I fill my kids. I let them know that I love them. And, uh, and I, I, I try and be consistent in, in my, my fathering styles. Uh, I guess I could be a little more, uh, a little more authoritarian in that respect. Um, but, you know, like I asked my son the other day, I was like, do you, do you think I've done a good job as a dad? And he said, he said, you know, dad, as long as he goes, I think as long as, as uh, the kids grow up to be good people, then, then you've done the right thing. And, you know, that was a good answer. Uh, that was good enough for me, I guess, you know, and they, they both are good young men. They both, uh, you know, they're compassionate and, and uh, they're loving and they're not cruel and uh, so, you know, I'll take it. Yeah, very well said. And again, it, you know, it, it's just so interesting that even though the world or the news or the media, whatever you want to call it, seems to tell us that we're so much different than one another and that we should be d- divisive against one another. If you're at a, a baseball game, a football game, and some kid gets hurt and the dad goes running out onto the field, every dad in the stands all of a sudden all empathizes with that kid. Every one of us want the same thing. At the at the end of the day, when you clear away all the smoke, we're all exactly the same. We all want the same thing for our kids. So uh, that that's why I think again, movies like this, Miracle at Manchester, are so important right now. You know, in our country, and and you know, I want to ask you too, is because I, I've become friends with Dean Kane over the years. Here, he's been on the podcast a few times. I'm actually going to interview him later today uh, to oh, talk cool. to him about this film and the whole bit. What was it like working with Dean Kane? How how was he to work with? <laughs> The uh, Dean and I have been buddies for a few years, um, you know, because I was on this show warehouse 13 uh, and Dean of course is Superman, right? Uh, Lois and Clark. So we do conventions together. And um, you know, so a few years ago I reached out to him and I was like, Hey Dean, I know you do these uh, you know, outside of Hollywood faith films. And is there any way I can, you know, get in there and uh, you know, He's a man of his word. He said he would help me out. And next day I was on the phone with Jason Campbell from JC films um, to be able to direct Dean, you know, I, you know, he showed up to set and I'm like, all right, I'm Superman now, pal. So you'll do what I say. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, no, I did not say that to him. He's a, he's a very large man. Um, <laughs> he's a very, very large, uh, you know, smart guy, went to Princeton was a, was a big time football player at Princeton. You know, he was a, he was a banger. So I, I respect that. I played, uh, I played, uh, you know, outside linebacker uh, in through high school, but never, never played in college, but I have a lot of respect for Dean. Um, you know, he's a man who believes what he believes and he's not afraid to say it. Unlike uh, a lot of other, you know, Hollywood types that, uh, I mean, including myself, I mean, you know, like me, just me doing faith-based films. Um, it's going to, I'm going to get some side eye from, uh, you know, certain individuals and and people in Hollywood, because as you said, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of looked down upon now for some reason. And, and, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't truly understand what that is, but, um, 
you know, it's guys like Dean that um, that uh, keep the message going. Guys like you, and and uh, you know, hopefully we can we can turn turn it around and make a difference. Well said, yeah, and I pray to God that we can. And I don't understand the reason, but it's it's uh, you know, as a father that has three kids in Catholic school, uh, you know, I have four kids. I have three of them in Catholic school right now. To see the movie that has a Catholic school in it, that has kids praying in it, not being afraid to talk about their faith. I mean, it's what a relief it is to actually see that. Uh, and, and what a shame it is. And it is. It's almost like a kamikaze flight to take a movie that has something to do with faith in it. and how we got to that point. I really don't uh, I really don't get it either. So there, there's definitely strong forces uh, against it but hopefully th- with more people like you like dean uh, i've had kevin sorbo anthony sabato uh, you know all these guys that are just doing so much good and putting so much good out there into the world i pray it'll turn it around yeah i saw you had jocko on and marcus luttrell and those guys are you know what a what great 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 company to be in um you know if i had my my tinfoil hat on i i would say that you know a godless country uh, a, a country that that has uh, no faith is is easier to control, um, you know, because the, God then becomes the government. So I don't know. Same I with got, the father. I slipped I slipped into politics a little bit there, but you know that that's the way it feels like. That's what it feels. And that's like. the. That, that's what's happened. And, 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 the go- and it's also too the government's become the father too many to have too many women that are co-parenting with the taxpayers or co-parenting with the government. Now they've removed the father. So that's why I say the father in the home and the heavenly father, those two things has become the, the, uh, the exact, box that's been really ruining our country here. There goes my old gambling lingo there, but, uh, that that's what's happened. And yeah, I, I, I always tell my kids, you know, listen to these guys. Like I've had so many of the Navy SEALs on Jocko's got a podcast. That's so inspirational. There's guys out there that can really t- teach you in ways that I can't how to grow, change, develop, get stronger, faster, better. Uh, so there's so much out there that if you, you can just tune out all that noise, that's constantly tick tock and screaming at you. Uh, there's a lot of good that's on this internet if we could focus and find it. And uh, Miracle of Manchester is one of those. And, and I got to ask you this because I have two teenagers, like I said. I don't understand what's going on with this. I've talked to other dads about this. But are your kids interested in driving and getting their license? Because for the life of me, my oldest one seems to have, like, no interest in driving. You seeing that with any of your teenagers? <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, my my uh, my boy, my, my 17-year-old, he'll be 18 in July, he uh... – you know, when he turned 16, you know, it was during COVID. So, you know, they really right. couldn't do much in that regard. But, you know, he's got his license and he's driving. He got a job, got a steady girlfriend. You know, he he went through a time, man. We we were, you know, we were worried about him. He was worried about himself. Um, but uh, he really has turned it around. And, and again, you know, just we... My wife and I, uh, through love and support and, you know, letting this kid know that, uh, you know, uh, that that we we love him with all our hearts. Um, It's really, I think, helped him uh, turn it around. My 16 year old is going is going through uh, driver's ed right now. Um, So, I I mean, I haven't really experienced the I don't want to drive component. But, um, you know, all, all I know is I have two more insurance payments to make because I'm going to have kids driving cars. So 
Yeah, I'm, I'm headed in that direction. My, my, my 16, about to be 17, he's the one, and he, I think you hit the nail on the head there with the COVID. He's the one that really was affected by COVID, I think, the most in our family. He was in eighth grade uh, when it hit, and he didn't get an eighth grade graduation, no eighth grade dance. His freshman year was completely awash. He didn't get a chance to get that high school experience, meet new friends and do the dances. Everything got wiped out. So uh, that, that definitely uh, put him behind the eight ball, and I'm sure you know so many other millions of kids in the country because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, obviously, you got a miracle at Manchester uh, available now. What's coming? What do you, what's next for you? What are you working on? What kind of projects, films? What's coming up next here for for you? Yeah, I got a uh, I got a, a film a script that I'm working on right now. I co I'm co writing with uh, Jason Campbell. Uh, it's called Best Supporting Actors. Um, you know, kind of. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say uh, leaving Las Vegas, but it has, uh, you know, about a, it's about a struggling actor who's gotten sober and, and is struggling with his sobriety and, uh, you know, the, the the loss of his career and and how, uh, you know, he kind of goes back to his hometown and and uh, he starts teaching these kids um, something he never thought he would do. But he starts teaching these kids uh, in acting class and it, it really opens him up and and brings him back to the things that are important to him and, and uh, his, as God, you know, and, and uh, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of God in AA, you know, and, and uh, sometimes, you know, as the saying goes, um, you know, uh, God never stepped away from you. You stepped away from him. So it's, it's about his journey back and, and uh, it's a good, it's a good story of redemption. And uh, I'm going to direct that one also. And I think we'll probably shoot it, in April or May. Again, another important topic that's got to be addressed in this country is the, I mean, not just because I'm a recoverer myself, but the alcohol problem we got in this country. Uh, so many people, you could fill up a, a football stadium 20 times with the amount of people that should be in these AA meetings. I mean, we've got such an epidemic of alcohol problems in this country uh, that need to be addressed. And instead of socializing and celebrating it, like when you watch every football game you watch, every commercial is either gambling or drinking. It's like, you know, it's Draft Kings or it's Budweiser or Bud Light. It's like, and then everything is, uh, oh, wow, look how great my life is. And those aren't the true stories. I feel like alcohol should only be allowed to show commercials like the cigarette commercials do, where they just show the guy talking with the hole in his throat. They should only show the alcohol where they destroyed families, but they, they don't seem to want to do that. But it's important that we have the films out there that will do it. Yeah. I mean, look, look, during COVID, one of the, one of the, uh, what essential, one of the essential uh, businesses yeah. that were allowed over were, was liquor stores. Yeah. And Sk so. sales skyrocketed. Too. Yeah, yep. they started selling online. It became a big business, but a topic for another day, but an important yeah. one. Glad you're going to address it in another film. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Eddie, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Ooh, uh, you know, new dad. Be patient through the crying. Uh, <laughs> like I remember, being, I remember my wife took off. Uh, she had to go somewhere for a while. And I was like, wait, so you're going to leave the, the blob with me. And, uh, and, and, and so when she came home, I was in a dark, in the dark closet, bouncing my son almost in tears. Cause he would not stop crying. I couldn't figure it out. And, uh, but you know, it just takes patience and love and compassion and, uh, you know, like draw on the things that that you learned from your own parents to to uh, 
to raise them up the way that, you know, so that they can grow up to be good young men and good young women and, and uh, you know, be, a, be a, a, a part of society that adds to the world as, as opposed to, uh, you know, being a drag. Well, very well said. I, I love the message. Uh, sorry for the loss of your dad. I think it's a beautiful tribute that you get to dedicate this film that's so powerful to him. Uh, I think you. you're a first-class father all the way, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here, a first-class father. <clears throat> Alec, thank you so much. And hey, man, congratulations on your uh, sobriety. Maybe one of these days we can uh, hit a meeting together. We'd love that. We'd love that. Thank you so much, Eddie. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood advice and wisdom from high-profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.